High Noon with George Hook. Thanks to ClaytonHotels.com with 17 hotels across Ireland and the UK. I'm joined now by Barry Kenny, of course, because it's Travel Tuesday. Seville? No, we were in Seville. We were in Sicily last week, yes. Yeah, and you were started with Ned. Yes, okay, you were paying very close attention. So, um, we're not at a destination. Well, I suppose we're at lots of destinations today. We're going to talk about the night trains, George, that roamed Europe and are roaming Europe to a lesser extent than in your or my day. Night trains? Night trains. Um, the night train network it was basically a mainstay of European travel through the bulk of the 20th century. Um, it was something that, that started in many ways the British kind of package tourist operation. Th- things like the Promenade des Anglais in Nice are named because of the hundreds of thousands of English people who came down via the train uh, overlanding uh, in the early part of the 20th century. There actually was a black and white movie and this is a disaster. I think it might have been written by, by, by one of these hotshot thriller writers. Night train to somewhere. To, to Lisbon, I think. Yes. You're right. Yes. <laughs> Night, Night train, train to, to Lisbon. Lisbon. You're Absolute. right. Absolutely. And it became, I suppose, a driver of romantic novels and movies and thrillers. And Poirot. Yes, Poirot, obviously, Murder in the Orient Express. And then you take in James Bond himself. I mean, my two favourite Bond girls of all time, both featured with their respective Bonds in uh, on trains. You had uh, Jane Seymour as Solitaire in Live and Let Die, uh, the end sequence there. I don't know if you remember that. I remember them all, but go on. And Who was the other one? Vesper Lind with Daniel Craig in Casino Royale. I have to tell you. You and I will never argue about women. (laughs) We could go to singles bars across the world and we'd never argue about women. Well, there's an idea for a show. (laughs) Those two would do nothing for me. But another great train, but we won't talk about real Mm. trains, but Mm. just to close the movie, was Cary Grant on the train in the um, Hitchcock movie uh, when he slept up in the luggage sort of compartment. Right, so that, that's what's not strangers. No, that's not strangers on a train, is it? No, no strangers no. on a train was two fellas and right, they didn't right, sleep. Right. Okay, but well. it was with a Hitchcockian blonde who I can't remember. Well, all, they were all Hitchcockian blondes, really, yeah. weren't they? Yeah. Um, but so, now, just before you get yeah. too extravagant, hmm. wasn't there a night train? from like either Hollyhead or Fishguard mm. or something to London. Yes. And then you woke up in King's Cross or yeah. somewhere and a fella bought you a breakfast. London Euston Station you, you generally come into. Right. And he brought you a breakfast. Yes. And that was the features with the classic sleeper train because there's a few variations but the classic sleeper train did have compartment service and did have or a very fine dining carriage. Then you got to the couchettes and we'll talk about the interrailers as well. But that was there as well. And actually the British are holding on to a few sleeper trains as well. But what's happened in recent years is is, there's a few technologies that have really seen them wane somewhat. Low fare airlines and high speed rail actually. It's almost like the rail industry themselves by the fact that particularly on the continent you can get between the major cities a lot faster than you once did with the TGVs and that. uh, Oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry. Um, Trains again. Mm. The thing about Europe, though, mm. like where where the best we can you can do is go <laughs> to Dublin. Is to your biggest excitement, and you'd hardly go to bed. It's, right? it's a well, it's not. <laughs> it's so quick, George, that you know you can only do. And Britain, although yes. yeah, not much. But 
you can be waiting at a station in Europe, mm. like, as I was once in France. Yes. And they said, it'll be here at half four. And I suddenly discovered that it had started in Poland yes. or somewhere. absolutely. And it's still racked up at half four. And it's this extraordinary network because, of course... We're ourselves in Britain or Ireland, but this is the mass of the continent. And right across the continent, as I say, you have this network of lines that connect and they became night trains over the years. So I remember as an interrailer, I would stand with and I still have it. I still get an updated copy. It was the Thomas Cook European Rail Timetable, but it's now uh, an unbranded European Rail Timetable with every route around the network. And you would stand at the Paris, Paris, at Brussels, at Geneva. Geneva was a great spot to hop onto trains all over the all over the continent. And you could, if you hadn't a schedule, you can say, "Well, I'm going to go to Poland, or I'm going to go to Croatia, or I'm going to go all, all right. the way to Russia." But but uh, your stories invariably revolve around <laughs> you doing that for four and sixpence halfpenny. Yes, but you can also do trains. Mm. Quite expensively. You can. And there's the luxury trains. I mean, you've got, I mean, obviously, we've got the Belmont Grand Hibernian in Ireland, as an example. They have the Belmont Royal Scotsman um, in uh, Britain as well. They There's the Venice Simplon Orient Express. So you can go to the absolute heights of luxury. But, George, that's not where I plan to go at all. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> because they're night trains, mm. surely be the God, you're not <laughs> suggesting you sit in a seat all night. The bed is crucial, well, surely. Well, you, you, they are. And the sleepers, you know, had the one, two or three, four bed varieties. And you can be quite luxurious. And some of them you have a private shower. Uh, you things that Emirates have, have started doing recently in the airline business. Uh, then you had the couchette. And the couchette was normal seated compartment by day. And then the beds would fall down by night. So you had a four or a six bunk uh, couchette. But you were with strangers. Strangers. I remember doing it because, see, my father was like you. Mm. He was a near and road air yes. man. So he had a free pass, uh-huh. which his son could avail of. Mm. But I was quite frightened at, like, 18 or 19, being on train with three strange really? men. Really? Really? Was, yeah. And was it the gender specificity of us that was the issue for you? Oh, I yeah. didn't know. I was I was from Cork and I was a Catholic, so I wasn't <laughs> thinking of anything untoward. But but I was thinking about being robbed of my bed. Right. Well, I mean, on the interrail experience, uh, and you know, interrailing is something that's been going for over forty years now, uh, and still remains. I think this extraordinary passport to bring you right across uh, Europe. But the couchettes and the and the sleepers involved supplements and your your absolutely dedicated interrailer wasn't in the business of paying supplements. So you hoped and prayed for either a regular seat that would recline somewhat or for the compartments which had seats that faced opposite each other and you could literally pull down and pull across to meet each other at night and form yourself a little bed provided. And you did see, you always went seated then? Yes, absolutely, George. It was the only way to go. And, <laughs> you know, it, it led to all sorts of experiences because, like, well, I mean, you, you would have the parties on the on the trains where people from all over the world travelling around Europe. And they suddenly said, Irishmen, come over here and share our red wine or Precisely, something. George. Honestly. Absolutely. You'd have the Americans on the Eurails or you would have Europeans from other countries going around. I did experience the overnight theft uh, once. I was travelling from Berlin to Krakow and uh, just woke up to discover my traveller's checks as were had been lifted during the night. Um, and now, traveller's checks. Mm. Nobody knows what <laughs> right. a traveller's okay. check is. Traveller's checks were a very handy and very secure way of travelling because you bought them 
And if they were lost or stolen, provided you had the counterfoils or you had the numbers recorded, they could be replaced free of charge and you lost no money. And I was travelling across a pre-Euro Europe with any number of currencies, so I got my Deutschmark traveller's checks and they were in my bag as I went between Berlin and Krakow. And when they were no more, I spent most of my time in Krakow in the American Express building getting them reinstated, which I happily did. Um, you also had the border crossings, the guards and immigration coming on. Okay. Oh, absolutely. Very stern-faced when you got into the Eastern European countries again before they joined uh, the European Union in particular. And, you know, you didn't smirk, you didn't laugh uh, when they approached you and ensured that you got through could cause the were there were there uh, issues of customs like that you would have contraband in your in your case it could and I imagine they looked at the scruffy students and decided that that wasn't for them I perfected certain um, feats of balance George in the in these days uh, what because obviously as you're traveling overland if you had a particularly busy day uh, in the city that you were visiting uh, you had to perform your ablutions so um, the ability to wash one's feet in the sink in the, in the toilet <laughs> in the toilet uh, was was a feat oh. of balance that, that I perfected and over many years and still pe- people washing their feet I, obviously, in the I, sink obviously I now discourage such activity entirely um, no but having said that hmm. like I did, uh, I've told you, the GAN, which yes. is from the north of Australia uh, down to, to uh, Darwin, Ad- Alice Darwin Adelaide. and Adelaide, yes. But you're, you have your own shower. Mm, yes, and you have these, as I say, on the, the, the luxury okay. trains there, on, on a lot of these. Gauge, I mean, these two-hour connections in the middle of the night. The only time I've ever been in Florence has been in Florence Station arguing with somebody on the platform about how much he charged me for my food. Um, it was those kind of great experiences. But because of this high-speed rail and because of the low fares, the last couple of years, the Germans and the French have been pulling out of them wholesale. The French, I thought the French, of all people, with their their strong state role, have only got about four night trains or or classic night trains left. And the Germans have just abandoned them. And they've abandoned things like the Perseus and the the Copernicus, these really romantically named trains. The Salvador Dali, I remember getting from Barcelona to Milan. And that's how everybody referred to them, uh, was, was through these names. But all is not lost. The Russians have come to save us. <laughs> the Russians have, uh, are, along with the Austrians and the Ukrainians, are at the vanguard of preserving uh, the night train. So there's still some incredible night trains you can get. Obviously, the all-time classic is the Trans-Siberian or more specifically the Trans-Mongolian, which starts from Beijing and brings you through Mongolia and through Siberia and Ekaterinburg and Moscow. But you can oh, well, get... now, Ekaterinburg hmm. was where the Tsar and his family were murdered. Yes, absolutely. And it's just extreme... Because... In certain you ways, hop off the yeah, train? in certain ways, you would love to do the classic eight nine day trip, you're right, uninterrupted. But actually, you're missing so much, and so that way, by hopping on and off, you're going to get your two or three night stretches. But you'll get a mix of the classic uh, direct Trans Siberian, Trans Mongolian, and the more local trains, and get to see some of these areas. But they now have the Trans European Express from Moscow to Paris, so you can now get from Beijing or Vladivostok to Paris with one change of trains in Moscow. It leaves Paris every Friday night for Moscow and it leaves Moscow every Wednesday night, 36 hours through Minsk, Warsaw. Well, where do you want to go to Vladivostok? Or is well, Beijing, I, I mean, like, you know, Beijing, a perfect anchor. All for, right, okay. I had a great plan for the Beijing Olympics that I was going to fly one way to Beijing <laughs> and come overland 
all the way home. Right? Oh, yeah. But needless to say, my travelling companion decided that wasn't going to happen now, at all. The sleeper from Hollyhead to Euston was great. A cup of tea in the morning and you could stay in bed for an hour after arriving in Euston, correct? Yes, and you could, you, could, you could get on board quite a bit in advance as well and avail of the dining car or the bar. Mary was on the Royal Scotsman in the 60s, Glasgow to London. Yes. I did that, Mary, yes. Now, a lot of people talking about Goldfinger, the train sequence in Goldfinger, yeah. the train sequence in from Russia with Long. Right, okay, so it is far more plentiful than my own yeah. my own uh, Bond-tinted glasses. But here's one, though. Val, who's a father of two teenage boys, mm-hmm. right, they want to go around Europe next summer with two bikes. Okay. Now, he went interrailing in the 80s and agreed he got value tickets from USET mm-hmm. and so on. How, how would you do it now? You would, you still go into USET. Uh, you need to go on our own website. If I can stray into there. that, I we have information there uh, as well on the interrail. The interrail is a far more varied product than it was back then. Back then, we tended to have either an all zones pass or some very fixed zones, whereas now you can get country passes individually. You can get the either first class or even first class interrail passes But now what as about well. the bikes? The bikes, you would want to plan that quite carefully because it does... Because certainly if you want to bring a bike mm. on an Irish train, like you'll be standing there, there is, throwing the there train is, bikes There is off. bike provision. What I would say is if they have fold-up bikes, very easy because everybody will, will let fold-up bikes. But you do want to check about the provision. Plan your route out. There's an absolutely fabulous website for anybody who wants to go overlanding not only in Europe, but anywhere in the world. Seat61.com. Seat61. Is this 61 numeral? Yeah? Yes, it is. Right. And this is a guy who, he started this website, I think, the dawn of the internet back in the late 90s. And it was just his passion. He liked to travel overland. He's been an extraordinary business out of it now. And there is nothing you cannot find out on, on that website. Oh, yeah. uh, and if there's bike provision, you'll right. find out there. Yeah. Now... I can still, this is very important, mm. can I still travel on trains the way I want to travel, not the way you want yes, to travel? Yes, you can, absolutely. You can get like, Can I, with the lovely Ingrid, yes. be in our own cabin with our own shower? You can, and, absolutely. And shower, now, it might be a, it might be a separate, and not, it's not always going to be within your own but room. But the one, right, yeah, right. Okay. But it will be available for you. Um, there's some and classic is the food still good? Because, I mean, I was now a fellow from Cork, <laughs> yes. you must remember. In fact, I was at school going to London and the thrill of actually going to the dining mm, car yes. as a schoolboy. Yeah. Can you just imagine? Absolutely. Yeah. And the fella coming along serving it. Yes. Um, those kind of, they are still there. They're not as plentiful as they once were. They right. like the full silver service. Things have gotten very industrial, George, in terms of the, the, the mass production. Um I would be crazy about the SNCF food myself, the French uh, railway right. food. But you can still get, for example, the Paris to Venice night train. That is still there uh, right down through uh, the, the, the continent. Obviously, the type of destinations that you have along there are, are absolute classics. Um, the Tello, it's called. It goes Paris to Milan, Verona and Venice you leave Paris at 10 past 7 in the evening and you arrive in Venice at half 9 the next morning at the door of the Warren of Venice's canals now, and streets. Brian travelled in his youth from Innsbruck to Brussels, changed trains in Geneva, your yeah. point exactly, and he crossed from Switzerland to France on the platform. Right. <laughs> well, I remember getting, I was going from Paris to Zagreb 
we had a change at Geneva and I had an eight minute train connection, right? So what do I do? I'm sprinting off the train. I'm but sprinting. shouldn't run on the platform. I obviously now d- d- discourage such behavior as well. <laughs> but then I realized I'm leaving the European Union and there's a frontier post. And no, I, kidding. <laughs> well, there's a, there's a check post. And I just had this rule that generally you shouldn't be seen running past immigration or customs <laughs> points. So I have to hit the brakes, slow down nonchalantly, hope they, hope they don't notice the sweat pouring off my brow and then speed up again and get my, my Geneva to Zagreb connection. And Austrian railways with their night jet service actually operate. It's not from uh, Geneva now, but they do the Zurich to Zagreb run still. They do some great runs. Well, you see, Austria Mm. um, is ideally placed, really, because, like, even in simple terms, you you can get a simple train. Yes. Like, I don't mean a fancy dandy one, a night train, but you can sort of go to Prague or or Budapest or or whatever from Vienna. Yes. Like, it's so centrally placed. It is, and they've actually acquired a lot of the... old When the Germans pulled out their city nightline uh, network... The Austrians acquired it. They've refurbished it. They actually take, not only do they take bikes, they take motorbikes on some of their routes <laughs> as well. So they did Anschluss in reverse by Absolute. taking over the German Absolutely. Railways. So they've got this extraordinary network. And as you say, through the likes of Vienna and Salzburg, right around that kind of central and eastern European hubs, up to Munich, up Budapest uh, to Munich, through now, Vienna, Linz and Salzburg. Now, you're the travel guy and I'm the movie mm. guy. This movie will baffle 90% of listeners, okay. right? It's called The Way Ahead. Right. It's in black and white. Mm-hmm. And it, David Niven is actually in the British Army making this movie because it's a, a cheerleader, you know. Oh, right. For, okay. Yeah, you know. He, it's like a movie being filmed within a movie. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Now, well, he's, he's in the British Army at that time. The yes. Royal Scots, something or other. Right. But they released him for this movie. But there's a fella in it who in his civvies job used to work for Thomas Cook. Okay. And he says, they're getting on train. And he says, well, there's the 4.30 we have to change at, at <laughs> Leeds Central or whatever, uh, which is uh, just that train journey is so interesting because they used to only buy one ticket. Mm-hmm. And then when the tick collector <laughs> came around, nine of them used to go into, into the, the toilet. <laughs> but they used to borrow a, an, a, a woman army cap. Right. So the fellow said, look, my girlfriend's in toilet. <laughs> There's her ticket. And tick collector. We're, we're, we're highlighting some absolutely questionable practices today. <laughs> um, some other wonderful runs that are still available. Scandinavia, Sweden and Norway. I, there's a beautiful really? train that goes from Stockholm up to Kiruna and then across the border to Narvik in the, the northwest of, uh, if you like, over into Norway itself. You're very close to Russia now, are you? Well, if you went over to Finland, you'd be closer. But you're not a million miles away either. Uh, they've got an onboard cinema car. Uh, a cinema car? Yeah, the train slows down as you cross the Arctic Circle so you can take a photo of the sign you are now passing the Arctic Circle and of course in the summertime if you can't sleep oh it's 24 hours daylight well this is not tonight exactly so the views at night particularly the likes of the Oslo to Trondheim uh, night train hey listen I'm staying with movies I'm staying with the facts (laughs) the lady vanishes 
See now, you're you are the encyclopedic uh, knowledge. Did you not know that? No, no. Oh yeah, the lady vanishes on train. Right. Great spy no, story. Yeah, of course, the stranger. As I say, there is strangers <laughs> on the train, and also throw mama from the train, which is based on the same. Berlin to Malmo does something that an old Hamburg Berlin to Copen to, to Malmo that, that an old uh, Hamburg to Copenhagen run I, I travelled on did. Um, the train goes on to the ferry. Now, the only thing you keep, you are talking about night trains. Mm. But presumably there are trains during the day. Yes, absolutely. Yes, doing the, the same. They route. are doing doing these connections. Uh, I think there's a lot more connections than there once were. These these kind of sweeping uh, cross continent services are still there. As I say, like if you look at somewhere like the Ukraine, Ukraine's like France was fifteen twenty years ago. They don't have the high speed rail network, so that night travel is still an essential part of travel. Because of course, what are you doing? You're saving, saving on the hotel, hotel fare. Yeah. Right. Now, Joe Smith and Slane, he travelled from Shanghai mm-hmm. to Dali in the Yunnan province. Okay. Three days on train. He was the only foreigner on the train. They have now. There's a new Shanghai to Beijing high-speed line uh, has been opened up as well. So that is something that will start to eat in in, in the Chinese market as well. Uh, Warsaw to Kiev is one of these classic routes where they changed the gauge on the train as you cross the borders. Well, because that was the problem. I'm sorry now. Yeah. I'm here on the historical. Yeah. That was the problem the Russians had when they were coming <laughs> yes. across Europe heading to Germany. Exactly. The, the gauge was yeah. different for the train. Well, there are now variable gauge systems and anybody who used to travel from Paris down to Spain uh, will have come to the legs of Irun and Hendai and Port Boo and Basically, it, for through operation, they've got variable gauge wheel sets. So there's a gauge changer. You're still on the train. You feel something's going on underneath the train. Away. And next thing, they change the gauge of the train to go on. Madrid to Lisbon is still an absolute classic okay. run, one of the best quality runs you'll get. Your Austrian pals take motor cars on the train. That is true, but I didn't want to encourage. <laughs> 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 Such unsustainable. Um, again, that used to be something that was a, a far greater feature of European trains. But yes, the night, some of the night jet runs uh, do take motor cars as well as the motorbikes and bikes. So, I mean, the, the potential is still there. I think the death of the night train has been overstated somewhat. Well, Eugene went in 76 from Copenhagen to Berlin by train mm-hmm. to trim it onto a boat, the whole train, yes, that's in, in Denmark. Yep, that's you mentioned yep, that one. You, you, you roll on carriage by carriage and then you can get off the train. And go up onto the deck of the ferry and there's bars but, and you get a whole yeah. different travel experience. But he arrived way. in, in, in uh, East Germany, got mm-hmm. off of Frederikstrasse, so then he had to get on to the, the U-Bahn to go to West Berlin. So he had the passes, he had the necessary passport yeah. that allowed for that. It, there's a lot of queries on Seat 61. It's Talk us to Seat61.com, that is S-E-A-T and then the digit 61.com. If you're travelling overland, Anywhere in the world, this will give you the information. You may be able to book trains through it as well, or it'll direct you through to the website. Even Air and Services are on it as well. It is that comprehensive. <laughs> I have to say, he's been over here a couple of times, and it is an extraordinary. Do you think body. I should book my next trip to Cork on seat61.com no, or irishrail.ie? Always know where the best fares are, George. <laughs> Uh, they are Barry Kennedy. So I, I must say, enjoy that. Yeah, I must say. We'll do the rest of the world another time because this is just Europe and there's a hell of a lot more out there. A few more of your luxury trains as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And also the ones where they kind of sit on the roof of the yes, carriages. Yeah. Those we will, ones. We will be Have you done them? Uh, no, I haven't. Right. Yeah. But you can talk time yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Tuesday travel. That's it from Barry Kennedy and me.